Well, it's, again, it's great to be back with you today. I forgot how, how tall this is. It's great to be back with you today at Redeemer. Um, the last, I think, I think um, one of the last times we worshiped in the States, we were, we were here among you, and it's great to see so many that um, we remember, and some of you who are new, and we'd love to get to know you as, um, as well. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to, to, to be in this pulpit and, and also grateful to be a, to a help to the church and, and a help to give Craig and Kathy a time of rest this Sunday. So, um, shared very briefly there a little bit about our work in, in La Paz, um, but I want to, uh, at the moment for mission, but, but I just want to share a few things that we have learned as a family after one year in La Paz. Now, last summer, before we moved, we went through a big process of getting rid of things. You know, a major shedding off, selling of our furniture, many of our possessions, our cars. Um, we rented our home, so um, we, we just kind of got rid of most everything. And then we were packing for the trip to move down to La Paz, and we learned that we could take two suitcases each. And that became somewhat of a challenge. And if you travel, especially if you travel with a family or with children, you know that just going on a trip, it can be a little complicated trying to make sure everybody's got what they need and that it fits and that it doesn't weigh too much. And so we did that in just a really major way, trying to figure out how to get all of the things we wanted to take or thought we needed to take into those uh, two suitcases each. And then right at the last minute to complicate things, um, the, the, the woman in La Paz who was getting um, the house ready for us kept contacting me and telling me how cold it was, and it's so much colder than we thought it'd be, and we're worried for y'all, and you know we're just throwing out the t-shirts and throwing in the jackets, and um, we, we weren't even sure what we needed. Um, and when it's 90 degrees here, it's hard to think about it being winter somewhere else packing for that. All that to say... Um, you have to be kind of selective when you pack. And in this case, we had to be very selective. Each member of our family had different priorities about what they believed was most important to bring. So for Megan, she brought a whole suitcase of, of school supplies and teaching supplies for a classroom. The rest of us might not have thought that was very important, but it was important to her. Um, for our daughter, she brought a lot of uh, stuffed animals. A lot of stuffed animals, one about, one about this big even, but they're pretty squishable, so you can get those in the suitcase. But we all had different things that we thought was most important to bring, and some of it ended up being important to have, some of it maybe not so much. But with that in mind, I, I think there's some interesting spiritual parallels when we think about what's most important to us in our life of faith, in our walk with Jesus, and if we had to kind of encapsulate that, if we had to narrow that down to the most essential things, you know, those experiences we've had in our walk with the Lord, those, uh, those, those individuals who have spoken uh, in deep ways into our lives, uh, spiritual mentors to us, those mountaintop experiences that we've had, those valleys we've had to, to slog through that have helped shape who we are in Jesus, those Bible passages that have really spoken into our hearts, what would they be? You know, if you can't pack it all, what would it be? 
if you had to pack that up, what would you carry with you? What would be most important? Well, today I'm going to do a little approximation of that, um, about what's been most important that, that we've learned and that we take away um, and that we kind of shoved into the suitcase to bring and share with you today about walking with Jesus in La Paz. So I want to share just a few of those um, things that have been important to me. Um, so before I do that, um, we'll, we, um, we'll, we'll go to God's Word and then we'll pray together. Um, for us, it's been a time of much transition. I think, I think Redeemer Church shares some of that, a church that has a lot of... Um, uh, a lot of transition, people coming and going, and so you probably get some of that. But in a time of a lot of transition for us, uh, the, the passage that has kind of come to my mind is from Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, about how God has a time and a purpose for all the seasons of life that we walk through. So um, today it'll be a little less exposition. We're going to kind of walk through some different things together, but this seemed as a good starting place. And Solomon, Solomon writes this, and Solomon has shown how um, the vanity of studies, the vanity of pleasures, of business, um, have, have shown, have made it appear that happiness is not to be found only in the schools of the learned or in the gardens of Epicurus or in the exchange, but, but he teaches us here that we should be cheerfully content with what and where and with whom God has placed us, where God has put us, the people he's put us with, the work he's given us to do, um, that there's happiness and joy in that. And that even if we don't think God's got it under control, that God's got it under control. So with that in mind, um, Would you stand with me? And I'm going to read from Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. The scripture says, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to speak and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Amen. May God bless his word read and proclaimed among us today. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we do pray today that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Christ, so that the eyes of our hearts might be opened and enlightened, and that you would help us to know, Father God, the hope to which you have called us, the riches of the glorious inheritance of the saints, and the immeasurable greatness of the power at work within us. We pray it through Christ our Lord. Amen. 
You may be seated. So I'm packing my suitcase to be here, getting those most important, most impactful um, things that we've learned from La Paz to share with you today. And the first is this. The first is patience. Patience. Um, the apostle writes in Ephesians 4 to be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Um, I know for us Southerners that part of our character is that we take things kind of slow, right? We sip our tea, we sit on the porch, we, uh, we set a spell and, and visit, um, and probably to people from other parts of the country, we seem really slow, but we discovered that in Bolivia that we seem pretty fast here. And so patience has been something we have learned in a slower pace of life. Um, it's sometimes a bit jarring, sometimes a bit confusing, sometimes a bit frustrating. For example, many, many things close at lunch. And so they're closed from 1230 to 330. Uh, just when you think you'll go run your errands, everybody's, everybody's closed, everybody's out. Things like that. Things are just kind of slow. We start church late. People show up all through the service um, the, these kinds of things have just taken a little getting used to. Bolivia has a very warm uh, character of its people, sort of like we do in the South, very affectionate, very, very kind, um, enjoy spending time together, but they're just not in much of a hurry to get anything done. And it's a developing country, and you think, ah, I can see why now, <laughs> because it takes them so long to do anything. So it's a slower culture. Um, on top of that, we, um, we foreigners seem to get all the stomach bugs and infections and parasites, which then slows us down even more. And so things just take a little more time. And in the midst of that, we can either get really frustrated or really annoyed or really mad, or we can just begin to kind of rest in God's plan and purpose and pace for our lives where we are and we can slow down too. La Paz is a place that will force one to give up on their perfectionist tendencies, to go at whatever pace life is going to give you. Um, but I think the most important thing out of that is, is that in those tendencies we can have to get things done to get things right, we can lose sight. Uh, we can lose sight of what the Lord's doing in our in our midst, and, and it can kind of become all about us. Um, so the pace of life, having to learn more patience, helps us to um, you know to, to remember, as the apostle said in Philippians four thirteen, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, not through Mark's pace of life. Not through how quickly I want to get something done, but by leaning on Christ, who gives me strength, who gives me purpose, who gives me vision, who, who, who brings me through this life. And so we are learning by His grace of our great need for the Lord, of our great need for a Savior, that, that I think in Western culture we can tend to lose sight of more easily. Um, so it's a reminder, I, there's not much, there's many things I can't control about life, and I'm going to have to lean on Christ to bring me through 
and to bring me on my way. Um, life in La Paz, we find, is lived, as they would say in Spanish, poco y poco, little by little, a little bit at a time. Um, there may be a lot to get done, but it's step by step, one foot in front of the other. Uh, we, we've, um, you know, we found we, we live at high altitude, and so, you know, we just found when we first moved there, there it just took a long time to get anything done, to walk, uh, to walk up the sidewalk, you know, step by step, one foot in front of the other, a lot of, a lot of stops to breathe. So um, life sometimes is like that, and I think it's a good, I think it's a good lesson for all of us. Um, we've enjoyed hiking. There's some great places to hike in the mountains that are even higher than where we live. And so even when we're acclimatized, it's just step by step. Sometimes life moves at the pace of just getting one foot in front of the other, and you'll get there, and it'll get done, and God will still be good. And so we're, we're learning that. We're learning that as we walk. And we're learning about our Christian journey. And we're learning about um, just going with the, the winds of the Spirit and the pace that, that He will take us, little by little, poco y poco, requiring patience, needing endurance. Um, but eventually, we will get there. So, something important we have learned. Now, I will say, it's a, it takes patience, but, but I will say that driving around Charleston has been a little reminder of the need for some patience as well. <laughs> so, so I think we've spent half of our time here in the car, but, um, but again, little by little, poco y poco, we're getting where we need to be. So patience, we pack that in our suitcase, share that with you. The next is joy, joy, you know, um, Nehemiah talks about how the joy of the Lord was his strength. And so often we try to go on our own strength, on our own understanding, but there's great joy as we walk um, in the strength of the Lord, in the joy of the Lord. Um, as I mentioned before, in the context of our ministry, we, we um, serve many, uh, many expats. And so people from all over the world that, that God has blessed us to intersect, kind of intersect with, interact with. Um, uh, Bolivia is not really at the, the heart of where lots and lots of uh, internationals live, but there, but there are definitely plenty there, and we're blessed to, to serve them, to provide a, a safe harbor for, for ministry, for growth in the Lord, for Bible study, for worship, for education that Megan's doing, to try to be a beacon of light there, um, also among Bolivian nationals as well. But there, there's just a great joy that we have found uh, in, in um, meeting people and serving people that come from many different backgrounds many different um, Christian expressions, many different walks of life, and um, in, in stepping out in faith to do something new and different, uh, how blessed we've been, how much joy there's been to, to meet those, um, those folks. Now, like you, um, here you call the church a family of faith on mission together. Is that still what y'all say? A family of faith on mission together, you know, and... Um, and, and we find that to be, that same spirit to be embodied among our people and among our fellowship, people from many different backgrounds, many different nations, uh, many different traditions, walking together for a season of life on mission with the Lord. And, and there's great joy in being part of that. 
great joy in being part of that. And, and you know, family, family is blood, right? Family's blood, but, but family in the church, it's also spiritual. And we might have different mamas, but we got the same heavenly daddy. And it means that, that, that we can jump back in to fellowship with you today. And because we're part of the same family, you know, we're walking together in the Lord. And there's joy, and there's community, and there's relationship. And it means that when we have people just traveling through, and they're worshiping with you or worshiping with us for one Sunday, we don't even know them. But because they're walking with Jesus, they're part of the family. And we've got just a great amount in common because of that. So that brings us a lot of joy. Um, we, we have uh, some of the things we learned at, at Redeemer were uh, about community groups and about Entrust. You may have heard about that here. Um, and, you know, and so we're doing Entrust and we're doing community group and we're trying to, to live deeply together, um, life on life, as we find that joy in the Lord. Two years ago, I came out of a, a long-term ministry um, and it had been good, but it ended in a really hard way. And I was kind of ground up. I was kind of beat up. I had lost that joy of the Lord that Nehemiah speaks about. And so coming here, being a part of this community, was a part of helping to restore the joy of ministry for me. And then going to La Paz, serving among internationals, has again helped to restore the joy of ministry. Ministry has become fun again. Um, so we're so thankful for that. We're thankful for you being a part of that for our family. Um, having said that about joy, um, ministry also has its sadness as we see people come and we see people go. And I know that's a part of the character of this church as well. There's a good bit of transiency. So it's, it's, hard, seeing, it's hard seeing people go in a high turnover kind of ministry. Um, but we, we take from that joy. Um, when people go, there's only so much you can say. But at the end of the day, it's about love. We're so thankful for the love of Jesus that we have together. We're so thankful for those bonds together. And you know, some people come into your life and they're just there for a season of life. But then there are those people that you meet, that you serve with, that you worship with. And you know, they'll be a, a friend for life. That wherever they go in the world, you're going to keep up with them. And so, so we're thankful for that. We're thankful for that love, a love that is sincere, a love that's clinging to what is good, a love that we have because, because God first loved us in Jesus Christ. Amen? So, joy. We packed that in as well. The next thing we packed in was, was what we learned about adventure and courage. Adventure and courage. So, um, Moving to La Paz was a big adventure for us. It took a little bit of um, a little bit of guts. We didn't even know we had, and we're those people that if you um, you know if you ever say, "Oh, I hope God doesn't call me to go serve in Africa or go serve in South America," that's kind of how we were. So you got to watch out what you say you won't do. Um, but Joshua, you know, Joshua's a great example as God was giving Joshua a pep talk to take, to take God's people into the promised land. And he said in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and cor courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For, your, for, for, for the Lord is with you wherever you will go. 
God is with you wherever you go. God is with us wherever we have gone. Um, and we can spend a lot of time in life trying to figure out God, trying to understand everything God's calling us to do or urging us to do or where we feel the Spirit leading us and we're wondering about that and what's God's purpose in this and what's God up to in this and I don't know, but, but I think honestly, friends, sometimes we just got to enjoy it. Jump out and courage on that adventure of faith. And He is with us wherever we go. And what we do will not be in vain. Um, part of the deal of living in La Paz, it is an adventure. Um, living, um, living in altitude has been an adventure. Um, stepping out from friends and family and the familiar has been an adventure. Um, but but the, Lord ha- the Lord has been good to us. He has been with us. He has brought us thus far. And... Um, I'll just give you an example um, of the adventure of life in, in La Paz. Very early on, one of our friends from the church took me and the boys and Rebecca on a hike. We went up, uh, up on some kind of, seemed like desolate, very high hillsides, and we're trekking along. The boys get far out ahead of us, and then this man, Phil, he says, Mark, you probably need to get up with your kids because there's some wild bulls that are sometimes up here, and they can be very aggressive. We can't breathe. We can't move very fast. I don't know. I had my cell phone in my pocket for defense. That was it. Uh, I, I don't know what you want me to do, Phil, to protect the kids from wild bulls that may be aggressive in these hills. You know, okay, <laughs> let's pray. Um, you know, God's been good to us, um, even in those kinds of things. One of the first things we did as a church early on was to go on a camping trip and just the bus ride on that trip and the bathrooms where we were required a great deal of courage and was an adventure in itself that we survived. <clears throat> uh, I really love this story. This isn't about La Paz, but, it, but, it, but I, think, I think it will speak to you. In 1904, William Borden, um, he graduated from high school in Chicago. He was the heir to the Borden Dairy Estate. And for his graduation gift, his parents gifted him with a world trip. So he traveled all around the world before he went on to university. And when he traveled through Asia and the Middle East, um, the Lord gave him a burden for the hurting people that he encountered and that he saw. And he had never seen people like this before. He had never seen um, some of the situations that he was experiencing before. And he wrote home on his journey and he said, I'm going to devote my life to preparing to go to the mission field. And when he made that decision, and when he wrote that letter home, he wrote into his Bible, he wrote these two words, no reserves. No reserves. After he graduated from Yale University, he turned down high-paying job offers, and he entered two more words into his Bible. And those two words were no retreats. No retreats. He entered the the theological seminary, completed his studies. He made plans to go to China to minister. He stopped in Egypt for preparation. In Egypt, he contracted 
cerebral, cerebral meningitis. And within a month, William Borden died. You might say, what a waste. He graduated high school as a millionaire. He could have done anything. But in God's plan, it was not a waste. In his Bible, under the words, no reserves and no retreats, William Borden there in Egypt had written, no regrets. No regrets. He was a man, he didn't live a long life. Maybe he didn't even accomplish much in his life. But he lived life with no regrets, courageously, on adventure and mission, following the Lord's calling for him to serve with no regrets. I mean, to me, it's just an encouragement, and I hope to you, to step out in faith. Wherever God may be calling you, whether it's around the corner, across the street, or across the globe, to serve without regret, without retreat, without reserve, giving of yourself in every way that the gospel might be known. That's an adventure of faith. You'll never go wrong. Um, We pack that up, the adventure of life on mission. Two more. Prayerfulness. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. From Philippians 4, 6. Um, Living life on mission has helped to forge in our family a deeper life of prayer, a deeper need for the Lord to realize that we can't do it on our wisdom alone, certainly not on our experience alone. We're on our strength alone, far from it. The Protestant reformer Martin Luther once said this about prayer. He said, prayer is a climbing up of the heart into God. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Prayer is a climbing up of the heart into God. None can believe how powerful prayer is and what it's able to affect, but those who have learned by experience. We learn about the heart of God, climbing up into the heart of God in prayer by the experience of praying, the need for praying. Martin Luther has all kinds of um, examples in his biography about um, powerful, powerful answers to prayer. And, and as we come before the Lord, um, as we confess our sins, as we pray with and for each other, as we more and more recognize our deep need for God, our deep need for uh, a life of prayer, um, we will see that prayer working itself out. If I'm learning anything, it's that without the heartbeat of prayer, the body of Christ will be nothing but a corpse. It'll be a room full of people. You might be nice folk. You might enjoy spending time together, but, it, but it'll be spiritually dead. The church will die on her feet if she's not alive on her, on her knees. The church will die on her feet if she's not alive on her knees. And so we're learning to live life in that posture. Learning that 
what we think we know, we don't even know, and that we need God more than ever. So we pack that in the suitcase. <clears throat> the last is this, faithfulness, and being faithful till the end. Faithfulness. You know, and I've talked about that, just stepping out in faith, that adventure on mission to go where God calls us, um, not exactly knowing what we're getting into, um, but knowing um, that, there, that there's truth in following God's will for our life. There's joy in following God's will for our life. Um, you know, and praise God for that. As we fully rely on Him, um, He fully makes us alive. And, and we may not know what our future holds, but we know He holds our future. And there's such joy and such life in following Him where He would lead us. And so one of our prayers as we set out to serve in La Paz was to be faithful, but, but to be, you know, not just be faithful, but be faithful until the end. Be faithful until, until God gives some new call on our life, whatever that may be, wherever that may be, um, to, to, to not only start well, to not only begin well, but to finish well in the Lord, to finish faithfully in the Lord. So, it's a little bit of a different sermon today, um, but just a few things that we pack with us as we travel, as we finish a year, as we live life on mission, um, things that matter most that we want to bring back to you. Um, you know, in, in closing, it's uh, just to say, as I mentioned before, just, just much, much love. We love you. We're delighted to spend time with you. We're so thankful for um, being a part of um, being a part of this family of faith, um, and being able to kind of be a part of it and be um, be out as well. Um, and from the scripture, from Ecclesiastes three, there's a time for everything. I'm thankful for time with you today. Um, I'm thankful that no matter what plans the Lord may have for you, wherever that may take you, whatever challenges that may entail, that God is good all the time, and that all the time God is good, and that He is faithful, and that you can trust wherever He may lead you, that His Word will never fail you, that prayer will still work. That the Holy Spirit will still move. That God will still inhabit our praises. That God will still be at work pouring out His blessings on His people. And that Jesus still loves you. Now, to the King, eternal, immortal, the only wise God, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father God, we do love you. We do thank you. We thank you that we can be on an adventure of faith together. We thank you for the life that you give to our church and to our people. We pray, Lord, that we would be a people growing in, in patience and joy and, and courage and prayerfulness and in faithfulness, as together we walk with Jesus to the different places you would call us to go.
Grant us your grace to experience your voice. Give us a gift of rest in you. Help us to hear your voice, Father God, which tells each of us, you are my child, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.